the sleeves are going to get rolled. It's gonna feel a fucking up. fire this morning, son. If you're coming in hot, let me know because I've always got to watch your dial. Oh dear. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the Startup Diary episode 174. I am feeling energized this morning, considering the lack of sleep I've had. I'm the feeling weekend. awfully chipper as well because obviously I'm now not absolutely hanging. Oh my word, yeah, Monday's episode. Yeah, this is a new guy. Harry literally called me last night feeling, I literally said, it's a completely different guy. You were perky, you were chipper. You accused me of not even going to work. Because I, I wasn't in the office, I didn't even know. I just presumed the only way you could recover that fast from the state I saw uh, you in. I thought you must have just slept good through energy, and then you've got the team energy. to cover for you. I need to set some cameras up in this office. <laughs> <laughs> I just slept at my desk, mate. Guys, today we're going to answer some listener questions. Depending on how long this one goes, we might just get the one done. But this one was sent in from Kevin. Guys, love the podcast. Have listened to every episode. I'm not sure whether I love it for the business stuff or just the banter between you both. But whatever it is, keep it up. My question is for both of you. I understand that you have known Adam for a long time. He says for both of us, then addresses one of us. I understand that you have known Adam for a long time from when you were both at school. What were your goals back then? As in, what did you see yourself doing when you grew up? And what are the biggest life lessons you have learned so far that you think your listeners should think about? Harry, big mm. question mm. to start this Wednesday morning. Bizarrely, so I had this conversation with someone at the weekend. It was ridiculous. Are you serious? Yeah, serious. So this one came into hello at, so this was forwarded across to me. That's why I'm reading it, because you haven't seen this question yet. So Harry, let's just dig in. When you were back at school, when we were back at school, what did you see yourself doing long term? Gosh. Um, I've always been one of them people that has never known or what they wanted to do when they're older. Um, and like I see some people that are like, oh, yeah, I want to be this when I'm older, and that's great. But I, th- I think one of the one of the take homes above everything else is if you even if you don't, well, there's probably not many young. Well, there is a few young people listening actually. But like even if you don't know what you do want to do right now, like it doesn't mean that you're not gonna find something in the future. It's probably just more of a case of be open to opportunity. <laughs> I don't even think that's relevant to just young people. I think there's so many people 20, 30, 40, 50 years old that are probably doing a job that they're going to listen to this and go, this isn't what I planned to do when I was younger. And then sort of take a yeah, step yeah. back to, to and, go about what and, we're doing now. And on, and on that, like that, that's kind of exactly what happened to me. So I ended up obviously just going to work and making money as opposed to like doing a career that I can't wait to just spend the rest of my life doing. But on that, was that because you you thought more around, I want to earn money. That was and then you thought more about the lifestyle compared to the career. That was because I didn't have a dream job that I wanted okay. to, to, I didn't have a career that I wanted to be in. Therefore, the, the, if you don't, if you don't have a, if you don't want to be an astronaut or an athlete or, or a videographer or a, or a business owner, then what's the alternative is just to get a job that pays the bills basically. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, and that was fine for a long time. Uh, and cause so I ended up obviously in kind of like factory work and, and production lines and things like that, which which all are uh, very well-paid positions. Mm-hmm. And I was I was making a, a, a fairly good wedge. But I, I, I personally just got to the point where it became not so much about the money because I, I had I had plenty of money, but I was just going to work every day yep. and thinking, I kind of think I can do more or be more. 
but I still didn't know what I wanted to do. What triggered that feeling for you? Uh, it was it was when I read that book, uh, the Four Hour Work Week, and I've said it a few times, but but yeah, I kind of I read that and it and I just I thought, yeah, maybe maybe I can kind of do more or be better. I still didn't know what <laughs> the answer was, yeah. um, and that's why I get like we bring it up before, but that's why when you were able to give me the opportunity, I was very lucky because you gave me the opportunity to get out of the path that I was on because unfortunately when you're when you kind of stuck in a like I I got stuck in the factory and production industry that when I was trying to get new positions the only things that were coming up were more positions in the same industry and I just didn't want to be in that industry I wanted to at least just be in the friggin' office of the but they wouldn't they wouldn't even have that because obviously the skill set that you learn is suited to what that groove that you start putting yourself in. So unfortunately for some people, it might be a little too late to completely turn things around, but I don't think it is for anyone. Just I, I, ju- I just meant like in the sense that I think when the, you, I the think longer you, get, you spend in a certain kind of, like you say, groove, you, grease you, your groove. you start digging deeper into it and it does get harder to get out of. And that's why I, I consider myself very yep. lucky to have been able to literally just eject out of it. <laughs> where, so so you might it might just be a case if you want to get out of the career path that you're on at the moment, you do have to maybe it's take a step down on pay. Or, but, you, but you had a forcing factor, didn't you? You had an opportunity. I had, I had an opportunity like they, they, because of the way... It was it, still a choice, but it was... A, yeah, something that but it was a big choice, and and because of the industry uh, and the way it works, is production kind of ebbs and flows. But factories use agency workers as like a it it sounds harsh, but they're basically a temporary workforce mm-hmm. that allows the permanent staff to stay permanent. Yeah, uh, and they use flexi flexi contracts to to just give them a grace and period. That so deal with the supply and demand throughout the year. Yeah, as it goes up and down. Uh, but inevitably, what happened every kind of three. Probably about three years, the company would go through a, a stage where they get rid of all the agency, but then they, because what they want to do is they want to make people redundant that are on an old, old salary packet, which mm-hmm. is more than new people that get taken yeah. off. So like they try and use that opportunity to to just ease some of that financial stress from the older crew. Um, but also people like myself can try and take the voluntary severance as well. So I... Not only did they have the opportunity to join you, but obviously I had a, a potential bit of cash that would have helped me on my way and things like that. So it was just a few things that came together and it was like, you know, I'm just going to, if I don't take this opportunity now, I'll probably be here for another three years before yep. I get this opportunity again. And like I, I would be lucky enough to actually get some money in my back pocket by taking the leap. So again, I was quite fortunate in that sense, but it's just a case of if you kind of feel like you want to move on, mm-hmm. then be open to opportunity um and it you might have to take a hit but just yeah. go for it because it's short term like pain the, for like the long term gain exactly like the, the happy the happiness that i've got now as opposed to like just staying where i am because oh, I can't, i'm kind of used to what i'm earning mm-hmm. i just mm, it just the payoff is so much more rewarding than just the financials of what I was getting before so so what it sounds like to me is that, so you had this goal of just basically being able to earn some money and have a lifestyle and then you tick that box and then you found out that that wasn't actually as fulfilling as you wanted it to be you thought there was mm. more stuff out there I remember having the conversation with you about the redundancy and taking the severance and just taking the leap and you're like I'm not gonna be able to get a job because I haven't got this experience and I think the, the key thing is that drove me to kind of like keep pestering you about that <laughs> that whole situation uh is everyone that knows you know 
wasted's the wrong word, but I think it gets the point across is your skill set, especially around people and just the charisma that you naturally have and your I don't know, just the drive to do stuff generally um, and better yourself, especially of what we've seen with your approach to the gym. Like I'd seen mm. a new complete drive in you over the sort of that three, four year period. And I thought he's got all this energy and drive. He's better than what he's doing at the moment. Um, so I think anyone that's listening, the thing that they should take away is the people around you, like your closest five friends probably know you. Well, they're going to know you extremely well. Yeah. And when those guys get together or at least speak to you very directly about what you're doing in your career because they can see you being unhappy or they can see that it's wasted, I would definitely say take pause and listen to them and then try and work out what the options are. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong. Like This is, uh, this is something I always like to make very clear as well is like a nine to five where you where, or, or a six till three, which I was doing, where you literally just clock in, do your hours and leave. Mm-hmm. Like... They're, they're some of the best jobs in the world because all you do is you go in, do your time and leave. And then once you're, once you're off the clock, you do your own thing. Exactly. Like that, for most people, that's perfect. And so long as you're obviously making enough money to just like finance the rest of your life, that's that's fantastic. But I just, I don't know what it was that turned in my mind, but it, from that point, it was like, ah, just this isn't, I'm no longer feeling fulfilled about just going and clocking in and getting my paycheck at the end of the month and yeah so. so that's like that's that's the thing you tick the box financially and then having that self-awareness was key mm. um mine's load shorter uh i always wanted to start my own business simple as that really i was raised in a family uh, my dad was a wheeler dealer a bit of a dull boy had his own business um, what, what was it about having because <laughs> bizarrely obviously my, my dad has his, has his own business as well yeah uh so like it's kind of yeah the we are same, polar opposites it's me and the you. same sort of upbringing but way different outcomes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah way uh, different like goals. what was it about i want like when you say i wanted to start my own business what what about that was the appealing side was it the fact that you're your own boss or that you were making you were in control of how much you were earning sort of thing uh both both of those things for me um it was it probably started out as a like a pride thing like i i've seen my dad start his own business uh, and it wasn't a hugely successful business. It was a business that did well and mm. it kept food on the table, as my mum and dad always like to say. And they worked stupid hours. Um, and that just instilled a certain degree of fire in me to go and want to earn my own money. Um, and then what I realized is, is when you want to earn your own money, when you're doing it for someone else, it's capped of what you can mm. earn. Um, so I sort of had the the bug from a young age because I was doing car boots and bits with my dad and I enjoyed buying and selling and bartering. So I was always into sales. Um, and then I just knew that I wanted to be my own boss. I knew that um, from, from a very young age, my parents knew that I, I, I have, this is going to sound really sort of like counterintuitive because I ended up joining the army for a short period, but that was more, more about, that was more in rebellion. Um, I have, I have difficulty with authority and t- having people tell me what to do. Um, people already know me by now on the podcast. Uh, like, if I disagree, I'm always very vocal, rightly or wrongly, and that's probably one of my strengths as well as well as one of my biggest downfalls. Mm. Um, but taking that consideration, there were very few employers that would be a good fit for me, and I just wanted like do a throwback to like Keystone and Keylight because they were like a startup that was like 30, 40 years old. So they allowed us to do our own thing and run our own patch as if we were entrepreneurs so that's why it was a good fit and it lasted so long for me um but yeah just for me i just kind of had it in me from day one that's even when i joined the army 
the sort of the breaking point for me was I'm in here to make money to start my own business and there's people in here because they want to fight for queen and country I've said that on the podcast before but that's sort of what hit home I was like ah, I feel like a bit of an imposter at this point um I'm here for completely the wrong reasons um but yeah, it's a slightly different driving force than when you, if you were on the front line and they're fighting for, they're exactly, fighting for yeah. each other, and you're like, I just want <laughs> and to I'm checking my Bitcoin money. balance. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, to be honest, like digging into it, I'm not entirely sure. Like I go back and I'm, I think what happened at a young age is because I was always sort of I got it from my dad and I was buying and selling, a bit of a wheeler dealer attitude. I was always used to being in control of my own destiny. And there was no point in my life when I was younger, 14, 15, 16, 17, where um, if I wanted something, I never thought, oh, I've got to go and ask my mom and dad for that. I always went, how do I earn money to do that? I always thought, what what can I do? Little things like when I was young, I used to walk around the pub. Uh, my, me and my dad used to go to the pub a lot, play pool. Like it, Twice, three times a week, we'd be in the pub playing pool together. And that was like mine and my dad's thing. But like if I realized that I wanted to buy something, uh, let's just say it was a CD, even though I, was, I never did, so I always torrented those. Uh, but for argument's sake, I wanted 10, 15 quid. That <laughs> was back in the he, day, people. He pays, do not... for, he pays for Apple Music now, so it's, it's, okay, it's okay, give him back. <laughs> but just to give you like some context, like I used to walk around the pub with a pint glass and say, hey guys, we're playing, uh, we're playing darts. <laughs> I'm, I'm homeless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're playing darts, cl- closest dart to the queen's nose wins a tenner. But I used to walk round and get like 20, 25 people to take part. And they'd come in, put a pound in the jar, throw the dart at the board, and the closest dart to the Queen's nose won a tenner. But I was collecting 25 quid, putting 15 in my pocket, and putting 10 on the board. What's, what's, oh, oh. So, so I put, I'd physically put a 10 pound note on the dartboard. Yeah. They'd all throw a dart, and I'd be making anywhere from like five or 15 quid at a pop. And when you're 14, 15 years old, and you start to understand that, yeah, I can. I can hustle to get some cash here. Like, uh, can fleece people with everything <laughs> they've got. And I used to then like take that to the pool table and then do some hustling on the pool table. I just understood from a young age that I could make money. And I think very few people get that opportunity. Mm. Uh, that's not a skill that's taught. And I think it either comes from your parents uh, or you're forced to do it. You're, you're forced to, to make some money. Um, so I just think from that perspective is having a job never sat well with me. Uh, because I was always extremely capped in what I could earn. And yes, that's why I ended up doing sales because that's the closest thing you can do to starting your own business because in theory, you've got uncapped commissions, but even where I worked, there wasn't uncapped commissions, Uh, but it was the closest thing to to running my own business. But from day one, I always wanted to sort of start my own thing. Um, And to be honest, it it was never for a huge payout. It was never for let's become a millionaire Oh, slack. Slack, shocker, Edie's working out of hours. It was It was never because I wanted to to become extremely wealthy. And don't get me wrong, like I want to pro- I want to provide financial freedom to my family in the long run, but it was more around the autonomy to run your own business mm. which which gets me. Um and I've yeah, uh, and that's sort of where we are today. Um, that covers off the part one of the question. I, I, I pause. <laughs> I, yeah, I pause. I pause then because I was going to go into part two, but I'll dig into this because I want to hear your answer first. Um, so Kevin comes back to what are the biggest life lessons you've learned so far that you think your listeners should think about? Now I don't know whether you want to literally take a pause and we can cut this bit out for like 15, 30 seconds, or have you got something to run straight into? because <laughs> uh, i have not thought life, about this life lesson life like, what, lesson what does a life lesson even mean i feel like every day is a life lesson 
so I think like you I, learn from your mistakes and that makes you who you are now um, I think I think the way that I read this it's sort of what have you learned today let, let me reframe Kevin's question let me see if it helps hopefully this is what you mean Kevin otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you're gonna have to send this back in if you could speak to the 15 year old you 16 year old you today mm. what would you tell him put down the bourbons <laughs> no um i don't know because i feel like the way things have happened in my life so far have kind of everything that's happened this before exactly now has got me to where i am i don't think there was i don't think there could apart from maybe like a put on a personal level like the whole weight loss thing other than let's, that, let's go I into that i don't think i don't think there's anything i could i don't think there's anything else i could say that would um that would speed up the process of getting me to where I am now. So what you're saying, and I, I kind of went through the same sense. thing, is I, w- I don't want to tell my 16-year-old self something different because I'm really happy where I am today mm. and I don't want to fuck that path up. Yeah, like... like, but like let's dig into your waiting then. We're talking about time travel now, basically. Like, <laughs> it, like if I tell myself something that's going to happen, will it still happen sort of thing? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. Again, Kevin, reframing the question. When you've got a little boy or girl and they are 16... What are you going to tell them and say, listen, when I was 30, and you're not 30 yet, I'm not losing years off your life. Uh, when I was 30, I wish someone had told me this. What are you going to tell them? Um, I think that's definitely a better way of uh, asking it. Yep. So going back to how... I'll let Kevin be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah. It was. It, it's kind of one of the things, like, I mean, now more than ever, it's so easy to do exactly what you want to do when you grow up right now. Like with the advent of youtube and everything like that there's no you can start your own tv channel you can you can be your own like the idea of having your own production studio and and creating tv shows and things like that was almost impossible mm-hmm. when we were younger unless you had the right exactly. technology and things like that and now, the iphone 32 will be out by and then that, and that's what and i mean so like now more than ever the world seems to be going in a direction where being your being your own boss having your own very small micro business that's got only a thousand dedicated customers but that can finance your entire year mm-hmm. every year like that that's something that didn't wasn't even a concept when we were younger so when we were growing up it, i i was kind of raised to join a company and yeah the, the whole salary and things like that so and that's kind of what changed as i got older Whereas I guess now I think if I have a kid, if he wants, if he or she wants to, uh, <laughs> hopefully a boy <laughs> first, um, if he or she wants to do something in a bizarre kind of career path, then go for it. Like obviously, obviously, get an education. I know education is not necessarily the right thing for everyone, but obviously, school is the mm-hmm. thing that you have to. Go I think by the time I think time. they won't be able to leave before they're eighteen. I think it's, that's still. I think that's the law now, or something definitely like that. I just, I'll just hopefully, I'll try to just really um, be behind them in whatever bizarre career path they want to go for. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> uh, for for me, um, I don't know. If this is like a life lesson that I've learned, but this is. I think I'll just sort of try and pass on what my parents did for me, which is, I don't, I'm trying to work out the best way to put this. So my dad used to say when I was young, like do good things for good people mm. and the rest looks after itself. And sort of the way that I sort of, the way that I try and live that is put the people 
before the profits sort of thing. So if you want to, don't think about the bank balance, like relationships, regardless of how much money you've got in your account or what your goals are, your success in life will be fully dependent on the relationships that you build. Um, so <laughs> Edie's face then was just like, oh, they're recording. Um, <clears throat> so I think I think sort of the, the biggest thing that I want to instill in my boys as they grow up mm-hmm. um, is regardless of what you want to do, sort of make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons for you. And then that will naturally help you build the relationships of people that want to be supportive. So work out exactly what you want to do and who you are. Look at yourself in the mirror and don't bullshit yourself. Because the last thing that I would hate is my boys to get to 25, 30, 35 years old and to say, I've literally been living my life to please other people. That is genuinely a fear because I just think there's like, you can't go back. So work out exactly what you want to do and be honest with family, friends, and that will naturally attract the right relationships and then protect those relationships with everything that you've got. Uh, because regardless of what happens in your career, that that's your that's your degree of success mm-hmm. in life. I remember my dad saying, the number of people that show up to your funeral is how successful you've been. And that's like the impact. And that's a very morbid way of looking at no, it. But, you, you, but that, you, that's literally how my dad emphasized stuff to me. It's like the, the impact and relationships you have um, will, will be decided by how many people show up when you're not there. Like, it's like legacy. It's like the difference of... Like that's basically the difference of like colleagues and friends is exactly like you've everyone's got loads of friends in air got loads like of connections. Got people, yeah, you know loads of people. Like like when you're growing up through school, you've got loads of mates. But of those hundreds of pupils that you probably that you literally saw on a daily basis, like how many of them did you really like have sleepovers at the weekends? And then how many of those people do you still know now? Like you are the only person that I went to school <laughs> with that I still have anything to do with. And like, I, I spent a lot of time with a lot of kids. Yep. And like, there was only what out of all of those interactions, there's only one friend that came out of it. But that and like, but that's, that's going to get emphasized as our, mm. our children grow up. Is at the moment we are better connected than we've ever been. So everyone thinks we've got 800 friends, a yeah. thousand connections, and it just shows that you're going to end up with like the number of people that you would do anything for. It'll be less than the fingers on your hand. Like you'll have less than five meaningful relationships, Mm. truly meaningful, not connections, meaningful relationships. Um, And then when you put that in perspective, finding those five people is going to be the hardest thing. And the problem to get to the point I was trying to drive home is if you're not true to yourself, which sort of comes back to what we talked about up front is like, what did you think you'd be doing and where are you today? If you're not true to yourself, you're going to attract the wrong friends and you'll end up spending 10, 15, 20, 25 years building not fake relationships, but not true relationships to what you want to do in life. Deep. Deep. I got Very way deep. deeper than I thought. When I read that, I was like, oh, it's going to be a nice We've little show. we got so much energy and then we get serious. <laughs> cool, guys. If you've made it this far, Kevin, I hope that answers your questions. I'm going to try and pick up the energy. Listen, if you've got this far in episode 174, we implore you to go into the podcast app and leave us a review we will read it out if you leave the next review when you listen to this you will be read out on the next episode that we record so we go live next week all we ask for all the time that we put into this podcast is you go into itunes and leave us a five-star review and tell us why you listen to the show and tell us a bit about what you're doing uh, and how we're helping you guys if you want to reach out on instagram harry start a podcast done we are up in the game and that's for some reason one thing we should cover on the show is how we've managed to grow the audience 
because the only thing we're doing at the moment is reviews in itunes as well as instagram that'll be worth just sharing on the show if anyone has a podcast and wants to at least learn how we're, we're increasing listeners um anything else from you mate uh, they can email as well harrison at experttrades.com two t's in the middle have a fantastic day, day. <laughs> <laughs> so close restart the episode <laughs> have a fantastic day guys uh, regardless of whether you listen to this on the commute to work or on the treadmill actually when you leave a review I want to hear where you listen to the show most and we look forward to reading those out speak soon